Hi, this is a podcast where Paul kills everyone in the second episode. <laughs> is it? Probably. I don't like D&D anymore. <laughs> Abby says probably. We're about to find out. Dun, 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 dun. No. Welcome back to Season 3 of Make Believe Heroes, an actual play, 5th edition, Dungeons & Dragons adventure for all ages. I'm Paul, your Dungeon Master, and tonight I'm joined by four friends of mine. Hey guys, it's Jeremy. I play Satsaurus. Hi, I'm Phil, and I play Peanut. Oh my gosh. Hey, I'm Red, and I play Butter. Oh boy. Hey, it's me. Abby, and I play Jelly. I hate all three of you. (laughs) (laughs) All three of you. Uh, Okay. So you may have noticed we did things a little bit differently last week. We just sort of dropped you right into the action in media risk, and we want to get right back to uh, Jill and hopefully find out if she's going to make it through this fight or any if any of them are going to make it through this fight. But before we do, really quickly, uh, I do want to just cover a couple quick things. First of all, I want to give a huge shout out to all of our fans who have gone out of their way to go to patreon.com slash makebelieveheroes to not only check out what we've got going on over there, but to actually support us. Uh, people like Brayden Rojas, our self-proclaimed greatest fan. Thanks, Brayden, for being such an awesome fan, for supporting us on Patreon. And you should be like Brayden. Go check it out. Even at the $5 tier, there are tons of awesome rewards like Monomy Unwrap, where we break down things behind the scenes every month. Uh, the Discord server. Uh, also, you can get early access to episodes. We're releasing all the episodes for Season 3 on Friday to patrons. So if you want to get in on that, you can do that. And I mean, even if you just love our show and you think, I'd really like to throw those guys a bone, help them out in some way, just support us at the $1 tier. If Literally, if half our listeners or even a quarter of our listeners were to go support us at that $1 tier, it would be life-changing for us. So uh, if you love us and you want to do that, we're talking about making the Discord available for all listeners at the $1 tier and up instead of the $3 tier. So think about it. Uh, Go check it out. I think you'll find some things that you like. And uh, we don't have a sponsor right now that we're going to be reading every week on the show outside of BattleBards.com, who have been with us from the beginning, who've allowed us to use their awesome sound effects and music, and we would be amiss to not say thank you to them for allowing us to do so. And if you're interested in checking out what they have to offer for your table, go and use the code Podcast to get 15% off of a BattleBards Prime subscription. And of course, just like in Season 2, if you leave us a five-star review, we are eventually going to read that on the show. So you can be just like friend of the show, Samba Mentality, who went to iTunes and left us this five-star review entitled Addictive Five Stars. This podcast was referred to me by my DM, the single most D&D smart person I know. That in itself is high praise. I listen to this every day on my commute, and I've gotten through 70 plus episodes in a year. It's completely addictive. By the end of the season one finale, I was a mess of tears. The players are so intimately friendly with each other and the listeners. The plot is a work of art, meticulously prepared, and each episode is so well edited and played, I find myself modeling my D&D play after this podcast. I'm a little peeved by the paywall thing, but at the same time, it's nice to know there's money going towards the production of this podcast. Also, the one thing I'm begging for in the next few seasons is the return of the remaining Season 1 characters. I know you probably got that worked into later seasons, but I just want to say how happy that would make me. So first of all, thank you so much for the amazing review. That's some truly high praise. It's it's very humbling and insane to think that someone would model their D&D play after us. But I do just want to say thank you. Thank you for those kind words, and hopefully we're not leading you astray. <laughs> So regarding your paywall comment, uh, that's something we were concerned about when we launched the Patreon. Uh, we never want our fans to feel like, oh, you're, you're getting a second-rate experience because you're not paying us. That's not what Patreon is for. It's just like you said. We just we want to give our fans the opportunity to, to support us. But we feel like if you are going to support us with your hard-earned money, we need to give you something that's worth that money. So anything that we put out on Patreon – uh, such as the Monomy Unwrapped stuff and the bonus episodes, especially the bonus episodes. None of that is anything that is vital to the story. And what I mean to say is it's nothing that you guys are, are missing out on the MBH proper by not having that. 
That being said, if there ever is anything we release on there that I think, wow, this this it should be just this should be for everyone. Everyone should know about this, like a bonus episode. Then we may eventually put that out for everyone else down the road. For those of you that I know will never be able to support us on Patreon, and I totally understand that. Regarding the Monomi Unwrapped stuff, that's stuff that will come out through the gameplay over time. The uh, history of the world and all those things. My approach to that has been to just sort of show it by playing in the world. Monomi Unwrapped is just a way to get into that stuff for the fans that really want to dig into it. And maybe even like build characters using world building stuff from Monomi and things like that. I hope that you can look past that and that you don't feel slighted in any way because we definitely don't want that. We we are so thankful that you're listening to our show. Uh, we are not worthy of your praise, and we hope that you continue to listen. Uh, and real quickly, because I know everybody wants to get to the D&D, I want to hurry through this. Thanks for sticking around and listening to this, by the way. I really appreciate all of you that actually take the time to listen to these pre-rolls or mid-rolls or post-rolls, however we do them. But regarding your comment about the Season 1 characters, that's something that I do have in mind. I, I have thought about that. They're there in my mind, and if I find a place where it makes sense for those characters to come back around, then I, I intend to let that happen. Uh, I, I do think it needs to kind of happen naturally. If not, if it doesn't happen naturally in the story, then it's possible that eventually we'll do like some extra episodes or bonus content that we'll release to everyone, not just like Patreon-exclusive stuff, where we'll include those Season 1 characters. But... Yeah, I love those characters, too, and uh, I miss them. Anyway, I know you guys are ready to hear what's going on, so let's get right back to it. So last time that we played Dungeons and Dragons, our party was riding along a forest heading north toward the city of Nordentown. Saul is on his way to Fallen Grove. And on the road, although they had encountered no real trouble so far, already over a week into their journey from Branshire, they came upon some strange creatures in the forest. Or should we say that some strange creatures appeared out of nowhere and began chasing them along the road. And in an attempt to try and escape them, they discovered that these weird creatures were a force to be reckoned with. They began losing horses. First, Phil's pony was killed, but he managed to stumble his way over onto the cart. And after some chase, they came to a point where they realized, uh-oh, the gate to Nordentown is closed, and there's a large river serving as a sort of natural moat, keeping them from entering the gate until the drawbridge is lowered. Standing outside the city, they made their last stand? Question mark? The way is shut. We ended as these two mysterious flying creatures. Some creatures that might be a little familiar to our listeners. Cast two strange fiery and lightning spells down upon poor Jill, little Jelly, <laughs> up on the cart. And uh, she's just, you know, almost dead. And we're going to pick up right there. But before we do, we're going to commence with the first rolling, season three of the commemorative giant blue D20. Nat one. Yes. Nat one. Nat one. Let's go natural one. Nat one. Oh my gosh. <laughs> no. What Let me so, just say goodbye, guys. It I is quit. a natural 20. Oh, oh my gosh. gosh. Abby saw it. It rocked on a 13. <laughs> <laughs> I'm using this folding dice tray tonight, and it has a little, like the edge kind of bends a little, and so it bounced it back right onto a natural 20. You're an evil person. And Is with it that, too late to quit. Remember my introduction? Yeah. Yeah. And with that, Jill, you wake up and you're dead. I'm sorry. You died. I guess I'll go wait downstairs. <laughs> Just kidding. As we ended last time, the sound of a mechanism kicking into gear began to radiate across this area. Saul, you notice as the drawbridge has begun to lower slowly. And with that, Jill, it is now your turn. There are two large creatures down there by your two brothers and Saul wielding their weapons and trying to kill your friends. There are two still on their large lizard steeds running around. And there are two flying up above you that just really, really messed you up with their spells. And you are now lying on your back on the cart with your bow and arrow down on the cart beside you. What do you do? Okay, first I'm going to try to pick up my bow Okay. and draw an arrow. All right. And shoot it at the flying ones. Okay. That just almost killed me. All right, go ahead and take aim. That's a 16. A uh, 16 on the flying one? Yes. Is a hit. So go ahead and roll me some damage. 
bring him out of the sky. Abby, remember your bow is a plus one. Yes, a six plus my five plus your one is a twelve. That is twelve damage. And I think you already hit that flying one once, didn't you, earlier? Yeah. I think so, after it attacked me. Okay, so one of them, you fire up into its chest, and when you do, it drops. It doesn't drop all the way to the ground, but it drops like 10, 15 feet before it can kind of catch itself and start to sort of correct itself in the air. Is there anything else that you want to do? I just want to say, go team, PB and J. (laughs) Oh, Oh my gosh. Yes. Okay, so real quickly, something that I did not, uh, I just failed you last turn altogether. First of all, you should have had uh, your assassinate trait, which would have given you advantage in sneak attack on your first hit last time, which you didn't get. That's not a big deal. You're okay. But don't forget about the uh, uncanny dodge thing. You can half one of your attacks. That would have been nice. Yeah, you could have halved one of those. But just remember that now because you only have six hit points and you may need to half an attack if one comes at you. All right? Yeah. Which I'll just tell you, those dudes burned their big hits first. So they can still do some considerable damage but probably not that much again. Okay, now it is Bill's turn. Bill, what are you doing? Alrighty. I just turned around and screamed Jelly. Yeah. I'm going to go help Jelly. Okay, that's fine. You will risk an opportunity attack. Uh, It's still fine if you think that's what your dude would do. I'm just telling you that unless you're not going to use your action for anything else, you could use your action to disengage. I'm going to be honest. I I think he trusts his sister enough to that she's fine okay i'm gonna be you know dead honest with you you know what she's fine you know <laughs> no I, it's okay if she dies she'll be fine yeah that's fine do what you think is best <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> you're fine i'm just joking if she dies she dies you're good do you go ahead and make yeah. an attack do what you yeah, want yeah i'm going i'm going to attack the guy right in front of me because i've got him pretty much pinned on my trident right here Okay. That is a nat 20. Oh, my gosh. A nat 20. <laughs> okay. All right. On the five-star thing. On your trident? Yes. Roll me the damage. Uh, I do want to state that I will be using Divine Smite as well, and I will be extending a second-level spell slot. Oh, great. He's going to throw some damage at this thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, a lot of it, yeah. So that's Stabby Stabs is 1d6 plus four so two d sixes plus four okay so i got three eights a six a four and a four so 14 plus 16 plus another eight i'm bad at math 38 i mean that's a ridiculous amount of damage is he dead yet it's my words of inspiration he's still not dead though what does that look like tell me what this looks like he's immortal i decide to stab him with the trident and i just kind of I hit my trident up against my shield because this dude going back and forth on his lizard beast has rocked me. Mm -hmm. So I just kind of hit it twice and I let out this scream and I just take that trident and I put it right on top and I just stab that. You just drive your trident up into like his chest and when you do, he lets out like a screech and stumbles backward and drops down to one knee. And you can see this like black blood starting to pour out of his chest. And at that, you hear the roar of the guy with the red skin. And he's swinging around, ready to charge in your direction. All right, I'm gonna. I don't know how extra attack works. Is it any turn? I can attack twice. Yeah, you just attack again. Yeah. Okay. And that sucks. That's a two on the dice. The second one is a miss. Maybe when you go to pull it back out of his chest, you don't get a good pull on it. Either way, you try to drive it back in, and he's able to just sort of slump and duck out of the way. And that is the end of your turn, unless you're wanting to move. I think I'm going to risk it getting hit. Okay. I'm going to go back to Ab or to Jelly. Risk it. Risk it all. That is me risking it. For the biscuit. Uh, As you do, Odachi-san is going to uh, make an attack on you. All righty. And what is your AC again? 19? It's not a 19, it's 18. There you go. Okay, either way it's a hit. I don't think I've rolled any 18s that missed, so... Yes, and that's with your shield, but you have your shield out. So that is a hit, so you're going to take some damage here. You take 10 damage. 
as he just kind of coming up off of his knee and standing, he slashes the sword at you as you go to back up away from him. Great. Okay. Now it is his turn. Oh, boy. So you're running away from him, right? But you can only get 25 feet. You're heading back toward Jill. And who's right here? Phil's here mm-hmm. and Saul, right? You're all right there in front of him? Yep. This is going to hurt, guys. Yeah. First thing he's going to do is he's going to use his cunning action to disengage. And he pulls back about, you know, just, just out of reach from you guys. And then taking a deep breath, he is going to unleash a green gaseous cloud of breath from his throat. It just comes pouring out of his mouth towards you all. And I need you all to make me a uh, constitution saving throw. All right. All three of us? All four? Am I in this? Jill, you're not in this, no. The other three of you. Yeah, con saves. Remember, you get plus two to con saves. Or any saves. What's this from? Aura of protection. How wide is that? That is ten feet. You're not next to him anymore. You moved 25 feet away from him. Oh, shoot. Jill has it, but she doesn't need it right now. So what do y'all got? What you got? I got a 15. Okay. Saul? It's a 13 on the dice. Okay. Yeah, it's a 14 total. Okay. That is a 12 plus 4. Jeez, you got some mega con. I do. Okay. So, Saul, you fail the save. The other two succeed. So, Saul, you're going to take some full-on poison damage and become poisoned. Saul's going to die. Saul's squishy. The other two of you are going to take half the damage and not become poisoned. Okay, cool. Okay, so how much damage do I take? Saul, you take 18 poison damage. Oh, no. So, Bill and Phil, you both, you inhale this poisonous gas as it comes in your face, but you're able to, you know, your body just kind of rejects it. Whereas Saul, you breathe it in deep, right? Since you're right up in his face, still pretty close. And uh, it just makes you feel this sick feeling in your whole body. And uh, you become poisoned, which I believe means that you have disadvantage on basically everything for a while. Everything is a disadvantage? I'm looking it up for you. Um, I was being silly when I said basically everything, but I'm looking at Everything? I was taken aback. I was taken aback. Saul Saul takes a big quaff of it and realizes this is not cigar smoke. That, That is not from hell. There it is. Disadvantage on attack rolls and ability checks. So, I mean, that is basically everything then right now. I mean, that's basically everything. Do I have save ends as an option? That's fine. We'll just say save ends. We'll say save ends or until you take a long rest. One or the other. Okay? You can save at the end of your turn. Fine. Saul's just going to die. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> and it's fine. now it is... It's still his turn. Uh, he's blasted you all with that... He is going to uh, throw an arm up over the back of his steed, and uh, his steed is going to begin carrying him away as fast as it can in the other direction. The uh, gate to the city, the uh, drawbridge, is still lowering and lowering and lowering. And Phil, this is happening as your turn rolls around. What do you want to do? Um, so how far away is the broken part of my axe? It's about 20 feet away from you on the ground. Backwards towards uh, Jill? Uh, no, other direction. To the side? Oh, mm-hmm. shoot. So towards him. Kind of off to the side, not not exactly toward him. Mm-hmm. It's like off to the right in the grass. Great. Are there any like enemies over there? Is it just... Not directly in that path? No. Yeah, I'm going for it. All right, you run forward and you grab your axe. I'll say that's your bonus action. Okay. Um. Hey, hey, Saul. Uh, yeah, the drawbridge is coming down... I suggest we run for it, and I'm going to take off towards Jelly. <coughs> okay. Yeah, that's a, that's a great idea. Do you do any sort of attack or anything? Um, no, I'm just going to book it. Okay, that's fine. Your rage will end, right? Do you have to make an attack for your rage to keep going, or does it count if you get attacked? Yes, you have. To, I think it, you have to make an attack. Okay, your rage ends early if you're knocked unconscious or if your turn ends and you haven't attacked a hostile creature since your last turn or taken damage since then. Have you taken damage? Uh, yeah, he just poisoned, uh, okay. poison sprayed. All right, so. well then you're, okay, you're still going then. You've, yeah. taken, you've taken damage since your last turn, so you're Ooh, okay for now. I don't have to hit. <laughs> okay, uh, all right, so now it is 
Saul's turn. Saul, what are you going to do? Saul lays down and dies. <laughs> okay, Saul dies. Uh, and that's season three. Thanks for listening. Uh, we appreciate <laughs> all of that you guys do for us. Anyway. We love you. What do you do? Oh, how close is... Uh, the enemy's right in his face. How close are they? No one is right in your face now. Uh, the red guy is probably within 15 feet of you and about to move in your direction. The dark green guy just hopped on his lizard and is like 60 feet away from you now. Yeah. So I want to start moving towards the city gate, and I just feel sick. I feel wretched. You do. Like Saul probably coughs and like just pus flies out of his mouth. Who? Um, but he's going to try to run towards the gate. Okay. And when he makes it... I can take, what is it, dash after as a cunning action. So I'm going to run. I'm going to sling a dagger at Red Dude after I've ran away. Okay. And and then I'll dash towards the, the city after that. Okay. Go ahead and roll me your attack. The dagger. Oh, that's a natural 20. Oh, boy. Woo! Yeah, boy. Okay. So roll me 2d4. Let's roll 2d4. I bet they're both ones. <laughs> Saw and his huge buckets of damage. Six damage. Uh, that's a four and a two. It is six okay, damage. So that it's is legit. Six, six plus three. <laughs> okay, six plus three. So nine damage to the red guy. Okay, that's actually the first time he's taken any damage. Okay. Uh, and then you book it as hard as you can toward the gate that's lowering. Yes. Okay. Now it is the red guy's turn. And as you throw the dagger back and it sticks it probably in around his leg area. He yells out, holding his axe up in the air, and charges his steed towards you, Saul. Saul pees a little bit. Uh, he's running towards you, running towards you. Where is he running through? Not uh, by you. Not by you guys. Okay, great. Uh, I can't help you. <laughs> okay, so uh, that is a hit. So you take 12 damage. <sighs> You take 12 damage as he swipes his axe across your back while you're running. And he circles back around and he is going to try and hit you, Phil. Cool. That means I have 3 HP. What's Tracy? 18. Not a hit. <laughs> so he comes at you the second time and it is not a hit. At this point, the other two that are on the on their steeds, the one that you caught on fire earlier, Saul. Was that you, Saul? Yep. Yes, with your hellish rebuke. Yeah, he's amazing. He is trying to crawl back up onto his steed and run away as well. The other is following in behind his other captain, the red guy, and he is going to. Um, first thing he's going, I'll tell you what he's going to do. He is going to pull back his spear and he is going to try and throw it at Jill. Two nat twenty. Oh man, uh, she's back there whimpering. This is the shortest season of Dini. <laughs> Sweet. Oh, boy. That is a natural 20. Oh, my gosh. I just... I'm so sorry, Jill. <laughs> I did not intend for this. It was not supposed to be You're you. killing Saul's friend. Uh, let's see. The only one of us that he likes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> These guys aren't that strong, but... Uh, really? They seem to have done they're, a they're lot really of damage. Not, <laughs> but, I mean, it's going to be 2d6. These guys that are coming at their... That's attacked her. Oh, no. Is there any chance I can use that? Uh, yes, you can. That un. <laughs> yes, un- and it's one d six plus one is the damage he rolled because it's a crit. He rolls it twice. He got six and a four. That's ten plus one is eleven. So take half that rounded down. I believe, if I'm not wrong, that means that you have one hit point. Yep, that's right. Oh my gosh, she's alive. I'm alive though. You're alive. There's a spear stuck in your back. And yeah. you are in very, very bad shape. Very bad shape. At this point, the two that are flying, one, the one that's been wounded, is going to fly, sweeping back toward the other guy. The other is going to cast a spell down on you. Not on you, Jill, just in y'all's direction. Uh, he is specifically going to be targeting Bill. What's he going to do? Bring it on. Uh, before you roll that, yeah. can I save for my poison? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That is a 10. That is lower than your last one. Not a save. (laughs) It's not very nice. All right. uh, This time, this one looks down, and he is going to, again, toss a lightning spell down towards you guys. 
This one's coming at you, old Bill. Oh my gosh. Oh no. I quit. I just rolled another natural 20. Can you get that green dice oh out gosh. again? Yeah. <laughs> the one that you rolled like bad. Just pick that yeah, one back this up. This gray one. Just bring uh, it back. I have very bad news for you, Red. It's going to hurt. Buckle up. You're about to take eight D8s of damage. Mm. I need some D8s. Y'all got D8s? Yeah, I got you. Y'all here help you me out here. Uh, which ones never ah! roll me good? How many do you need? I need four more. Yeah, I got you. Okay. Yeah, here we go. All right. It's a uh. second level chromatic orb lightning coming down at you. That's four D8s of damage, and now I'm about to roll it eight, eight of them. Look out, Bill. You're dead. You take 46 lightning damage. <laughs> so, how does it work? How does it work? Because I'm dead. Well, you're, I mean, what's your HP? Okay, so you're dropped, to zero hit, you're dropped to zero hit points, right? Yep. So, you were going over there to protect your sister, right? Yes. So, maybe you jump in front of it. Yep. So, like, you look up and you see this lightning bolt, this ball of lightning energy, just like did, just like before, is flying towards you, about to crash into you, and or flying towards your sister, about to crash into her. And in a moment of desperation, you just leap out in front of it. And when you do, it strikes you right in the back, and your body is just wrecked with electricity. It's flowing through all of the armor that you're wearing, all of your weaponry, and you crash onto the cart with a thud unconscious Jill your brother just hit the floor in front of you and he is he is unconscious he might be dead butter <laughs> no, <laughs> not butter no it should have been me <laughs> oh boy okay uh, at this time the uh, the drawbridge has lowered more and more and now it is just low enough that you guys could climb onto it Phil, what are you doing at this moment? Like, as this happens, do you, what, what, are you, what are you looking at? What is your plan? Is your plan to try and get out still? Yeah. Okay. I'm just saying your brother's dying, your sister's dying. Well, like, I'm, just, I'm still, just asking you what your... No, just trying to get back to them. Okay, um, so you're you're right there at them now. Like, you're okay. right there at them. You, you got within range last time. As the round ends and we roll around into the third one, there's still three of them that are actively facing you guys. Three of them are running away, okay? And the drawbridge drops down... And as you're turning and you see Jill like bleeding out, she's still got a spear like stuck into her back. Bill is face down on the cart. Saul is limping and retching his way toward the gate. Man, you are in bad shape. You hear the sound of as all these arrows come flying out from the gate. And uh, three or four of them you see just stick into this flying thing that's above you guys. And it just screeches and flaps its wings and begins trying to fly away. And you also see as the other two that are still on their steeds, the red one raises his axe into the air and yells out a battle cry. But he turns and the other one falls him and they begin running into the forest as well. And at that moment, a number of these soldiers, what look like soldiers, the guard, the city guard, come running out. Some of them have swords drawn. You can see a number of archers up on the wall that have been that are firing off at these enemies now. And you can see some archers down on the ground as well. And it, it looks like the cavalry has arrived. Thank God. It took them long enough. Oh, God. Saul, you're closest to the gate as the drawbridge finally, with a thud, lands down there. What do you do as these guys are running out? Saul's hand is going to start like, you know how his sword burst into flames? and mm -hmm. uh, The same thing with his hellish rebuke. The fire is a little different. Uh, his hand is going to light up with that, and he's going to like touch it to his throat, and he's going to negate the poison. He's basically in his mind. He's gonna. He's gonna admit. He's gonna say, "Baylor, th this body is weak," and he's gonna touch his throat, and uh, let's negate that poison. And then, as his voice comes back to full, and he's not puking everywhere, uh, the first knots that come by, he's gonna say, "It's about stinking time. Help the dwarf!" And he like heads off back towards Bill. Okay, Bill, I need you to make me a death saving throw. All right. Oh my god. What is it? What is it? <laughs> is it How bad is it or how good is it? Uh, is it a natural uh, one? 
That's a natural one. I mean, you don't drop dead. That's just two fails. Yeah, it's a natural one. Okay. He you was number one. <laughs> okay, so that is two failures. Oh, my gosh. I'm about to die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and uh, Saul's one chance at saving you just got burned into getting rid of the poison. So the... Uh, <laughs> You're not supposed to tell him. <laughs> it's out, out of character, he knows. In character, he has no idea. <laughs> so, Phil, what are you doing? You run up there to check on your brother and sister, I guess. Yeah. Okay, yeah. both of them are very wounded on the cart, and you climb up on there with them. Bill is unconscious. Jill... I'm assuming you're, like, there with him. Yes, Jill is bent over butter, just crying, saying, wake up. <laughs> just wake up, butter. Get out. I need you. Get out of the way, silly girl. Come on. Uh, you gotta you gotta help him. And uh, Saul's gonna try to stop the blood. Does anyone Does anyone have any healing magic? Yeah, I do. Does the unconscious do? One of the guardsmen is stepping up onto the cart now, and he says... Yeah, tell me, tell me what's going on with this guy. What's wrong with him? Is he? Uh, what happened to him? I don't. I don't see any blood. What's What's wrong with uh, him? He got struck by lightning. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Go get a cleric. Um, I'm not sure if we can get to the clerics really quickly. Uh, let's. You know, you you, are, you should probably take him over to the inn there. Um, they'll probably administer some healing to him over there. Anybody got a health potion? Uh, not honest. No, we don't have any ready. I'm I'm really sorry about that. Um. Uh, but we can probably get you some uh, quickly. Come on, just uh, grab your friend and follow me. I'll, I'll take you there myself. And uh, he starts helping, like pull Bill down off the cart. And Bill is like right on that edge. He's, you know, he's still breathing, but you guys can tell his breath is, is light. You know what I'm saying? So with his help, you all, along with help of a couple other soldiers, they just carry him for you. And I'm assuming that you all head into the city. Yep, beaten and battered. Okay, so you all start making your way through the city, and you go into the front gates. Jill, you are you're struggling. Uh, I need you to make me a, make me a Constitution saving throw, Jill. That's a four. Okay, Jill, you don't get very far in when you stumble, and you're pretty sure that you're not going to be able to walk all the way there. Help! I need help. I can't walk. Soul. I pick her up. That works. Okay, Phil yeah. steps over. Yeah, immediately. I push Saul to the side. Okay, <laughs> Saul steps forward. Phil's like, no. <laughs> no. no. Okay. So, Phil, you, what do you do? You just pick her up, start carrying yeah, her? Yeah, I just grab her. All right. So, Phil, you're carrying her. Uh, Phil, your brother is being carried by these guardsmen. Your sister is literally bleeding all over you. This trip took a real d- dark turn. <laughs> I did not really intend for this. I don't know. I think this was Kill Saul and His Friends. Season three is just <laughs> uh, three episodes of getting rid of Saul. What did I say? Dear season God. one was just too long. What did I say? I literally said it at the very beginning of the episode. Yep. I'm just honestly. This is where Paul kills everyone in episode two. Rolled two nat 20s in a row. Unbelievable. I rolled okay. a natural one. It's beautiful. Here we are. And uh, you guys are making your way through the street. You don't have that far to go when you come upon uh, a building that is set up there. It's pretty nondescript, but it's a large building. And there's a sign on the front door. Uh, and the sign is of a horse. It's like a drawing of a horse eating feet. And it says the tall stall underneath it. Oh, my and gosh. <laughs> he quickly takes you inside uh, the front door of what you assume to be the tall stall, this inn and tavern here in the city of Nordentown. And you go inside. There are quite a few people here. You you walk in. It's a bustling crowd. But the guardsman that's helping you says, Oi, uh, we need some help over here. Could you clear off a table? We've got some wounded. We need some healing. We need to get some help for them real quick. Uh, yeah, help us out here. And they start pushing back some chairs. Uh, I say chairs because well, first thing you notice is all the tables are really tall. And there aren't any really traditional chairs. There are just all of these pretty high-sitting stools. You know what I'm saying? But they quickly clear off a couple of tables, and they lay Bill down onto one, and Jill, they lie you down onto one or the other. And this woman comes from around the bar uh, off to the far left side, and she comes running up, and she's got like a bag in her hands. And she immediately comes up, starts talking to the guard. Oh, yeah, what what happened here? Are, are these are, are these people are okay? Uh, what, do we need to take them to the clerics? And the guy says, I'm not sure we got time to get them to the clerics. Do you think maybe you could just do a little something for them here now? Uh, this one seems real bad off, he says, pointing to Bill. And she said, oh, yeah, sure, sure, no problem. And she re- 
Sorry, it's really hard for me to maintain these accents. <laughs> uh, she, especially talking to myself. And uh, she reaches into her back. She, she begins pulling out some herbs, some different ones. She like opens up these little bottles, these little stoppers. She pulls some out, and it looks like it's like smelling salts and things. You guys can smell this strange aroma. She starts mixing up a little thing, and she immediately starts putting this mixture, or this herb mixture, into Bill's mouth. And she rolls a ten which is what you need on a healing check to stabilize someone. Oh, wow. Gee whiz. Without a wisdom modifier, which she had one, but she didn't need one. She rolled a flat 10, so there you go. You are stabilized, Bill. This uh, this stuff, since it's it's a strange sort of wound, you know, with electricity, it's more like your system was out of whack, and she could quickly tell that based on the information she had, and she slows your breathing and gathers yourself. You're still unconscious, but you're stable. Sweet. Jill. You're bleeding. You're bleeding on the table, uh, and she quickly turns to you. She says, "Oh, hon, that sure looks like a bad wound on your back. Are you doing okay?" Uh, not really. It's gonna be all right. Don't worry. I've got just what you need right here. Just uh, here, hold my hand, hon. Just hold my hand. And she takes your hand, and she's holding it as she like digs into her pack, pulls out some herbs, and she starts to make a poultice to go under your back. And uh, yeah, with a fourteen, she stops the bleeding, and uh, you are leveling out. You feel terrible. Utterly terrible. You have one hit point. Jill, that will leave an amazingly beautiful scar. You should be proud. I don't know how proud I can be right now, but remind me later. Oh, you know I will. You know I will. Oh, goodness. The owner of the tavern, whatever, she turns to the guardsman. She says, they're stable now, but you know, it, it doesn't look great for them. They could probably use some healing. Why don't you go over to the uh, uh, to the temple there and see if, if they don't have any... Any uh, anything they could do for us, send someone to do some healing magic, or or maybe even just swing by the apothecary and grab us a few of those healing potions. Yeah, oh yeah, Galinda, that's that's uh, that's a great idea. I'll I'll, I'll get right on that. Uh, uh, sorry, uh, and he turns to you, Phil. He says, "I, I didn't catch your name, uh, sir." It's Phil. Uh, uh, nice to meet you, Phil. My name's Jerry. I'm gonna go get you some help. All right, you just stay here, Galinda. She'll take good care of you. Yeah, that's that's nice. Hurry up. Cool. All right. All right. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm going to go. Uh, t- yep. I'll be right back with that, sir. Uh, thank you. Uh, and he just turns. Excellent work, Phil. That's exactly how you handle a peasant. Now. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I am so lucky that I'm unconscious because I would be ripping y'all's throats out right now. <laughs> y'all are so rude. <laughs> I give Saul a toothy grin. A curtain nod and a grin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. would, you, okay. would you like a cigar? Um, I mean, sure. Yeah. Saul lights one up, okay. takes a long draw off of it, hands in the one he already lit. I mean, I take it. Both my siblings are dying. What better time to That's smoke? The- <laughs> <laughs> Saul pulls out another one. <clears throat> I think they'll survive. Oh, yeah. Don't you worry. They're going to be just fine now. He'll get those healing potions back to us or call one of the clerics. No doubt about it. No doubt. So uh, what happened out there? I heard there was some sort of commotion outside the gates. <laughs> commotion uh you mean flying reptiles i didn't know that there were such daemons on this plane i believe oh. i've heard them called lizard bats dun, 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 dun. <laughs> no i doubt you no. have no <laughs> you, probably <laughs> you probably haven't oh my goodness flying reptiles you see i do say i never heard of something like that around here is this your first time being in Nordentown? It is, and I do not understand how come you've not brought me your best meats. How come you've not brought me a tall bourbon yet? Sir, um, are, are you not concerned about your friends here? I am concerned about my friends, and if I got a long rest, I could heal them myself. Maybe. Maybe not. I don't know. Things have changed. Forget the bourbon. How about, how about you bring me some water and some rags? Sure, sure thing. And uh, I'll get you a stout drink. Don't worry. Uh, we're, we're nothing if not hospitable here at the Tall Stall. So you just hang tight. I'll get you anything that you need. And if you happen to need anything, sir, my name is Galinda. I run this shop, so feel free to ask, all right? And if you can't get me Galinda. just... Galinda, yes. Galinda. Galinda, huh. that's right. I am Satsaris of the Nine Hills. It's a pleasure to meet you. Oh. <laughs> pleasure to meet you. And he looks at he looks over at Jill like, is that better? Ninels, is that somewhere down south? Nine, <laughs> the, yes, very far down south, deep. Oh, okay, all right. Well, uh, 
I'll, I'll grab those rags in the water for you, sir. Uh, welcome to the tall stall and to Nordentown at that. Aye. She turns around to go and assumedly grab you what you need. He uh, walks over to Jill's conscious, right? She is. Just struggling. Yeah, she's just kind of resting. Was was that better, Jill? Is that was that, that was that was great. You're doing good, Saul. <laughs> I see you, you you tried your best. We'll get there. Uh sorry about your brother. Uh maybe uh if I could sleep, I could help. Um I don't know. Saul's struggling with what he just did. Yeah. No, I understand. <laughs> you did something good, Saul. And I think we're going to be okay. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll be fine. She comes back pretty quickly with uh, a pail of clean water and some rags. Uh, and you're able to help Jill clean up some of that blood. Phil, what are you doing during this time? I go over to where Bill's on the table. Mm-hmm. Sit down with my two hand axes now. Okay. And kind of look at them. Go, these idiots never learn. And snap it back together. Okay. Yep, you snap your two axe pieces back in, twist the mechanism, and they lock back in. So yep. your axe Throw is, it on my back, and I'm good to go. You're good to go. Can I be conscious again? Not yet. Uh, after a few moments, though, I mean, it's probably a solid 15, 20 minutes anyway. Uh, Jerry comes running back in through the front door. <sighs> sorry, sorry, it took me so long. I... Oh, goodness, I, I haven't done some cardio like that in quite some time, but hey, I, I did manage to get some uh, some potions on the way. I uh, swung by the apothecary. Whew, they're just going to uh, bill it to the city, so that's good. Uh, here, just a, this should help your, your friends out. And he hands them to you, Phil. Two healing potions. Yeah, I make Bill chug one. Okay. Right. You take one to Bill, and you pour it down his throat. Bill, you regain 2d4 plus 2. I'll just roll it for you here. Rolled a 2. And a four. So that is six plus two, eight health you regain. You come to. And Abby, you can go ahead and roll that too if you want to, to regain yours. Oh, wow. You regain max. You regain ten hit points. Ooh. You see Saul as some of that open wound on her back from that spear just closes up and the blood is pretty much stopped by now anyway. And uh, you're feeling a little better. Still rough, but better. I... I tried to roll over, not knowing where I am. Just looking up at the ceiling, I just roll over. Phil, I'm assuming you're still standing there with yeah, him. Yeah, I'm right there. Okay, so you stop him from rolling off the big tall uh, table. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Okay. So you grab him. Yeah. <laughs> I just fall like, into no. Phil's arms. <laughs> <laughs> Come here, little brother. No. <laughs> oh, Phil, Bill, hey. Bill, Bill. How's We're it going? in the city. You need to sit Still. But there was, uh, uh, there was a, uh, there was a light. Uh, uh, I, stop! I was stop. doing the jig, stop. man. You should have seen that. Shut up! Oh, there was a light. You must have seen the hills. Oh Surely not. I could have swore I heard voices. But how? How am I? What is this awful taste in my mouth? Oh, it's called electricity. Butter. No, this is. <laughs> <laughs> it's called electricity butter. That's amazing. It's like I just ate some like grass or something. What is this? Oh yeah, sorry about that. That was my um, this the herbs. They, they. Uh, I was just trying to help you out. I think maybe it helped stabilize you just a bit there. Um, by the way, my name is Galinda. Nice to meet you. You look up, Bill, and you see this woman standing there. She's. Probably middle-aged to older human. She's got brown hair, but there's a lot of gray mixed in with it. She's not an ugly woman, but, you know, not like a beauty queen or anything like that. She just looks like a very friendly lady. Give me one sec. Yep, my suspicions are correct. He doesn't say anything and just begins to sweat like hardcore. Oh, jeez. Oh, my gosh. He can't handle speaking to women. And he's like getting red faced. He is. He is unwise. Incredibly unwise. <laughs> he is. Uh, it's like, uh, uh, the, the uh, thank, thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Um, sure thing, sure thing. Y- y- wow, I'm- you're beautiful. Oh well, thank you. <laughs> I-, I appreciate that. I um, 
All right. Would the four of you perhaps be looking for somewhere to stay tonight? Because I, we do have rooms available. You know, if you'd like to get a room, I could. Yeah, that would help be you great. Thanks. <laughs> we usually charge a, one gold piece a night, uh, but I'll tell you what. I, after all this, I'll I'll take just. How about just two gold pieces for the four of you tonight? How about how about that? Sounds like a wonderful deal. He says, looking over it. <laughs> he says, looking over at Jill. <laughs> I have inspiration, Saul. <laughs> oh, gosh. You got me. Because I was like, here it comes. <laughs> how about, how about, sounds like a wonderful. <laughs> okay. Jill right. just smiles. So I'm assuming that between the four of you, you just give her two pieces of gold. Uh, and she's going to show you all to some rooms where you can stay for the night. And, you know, after all of the excitement, I'm sure the four of you are ready for a good rest. Um, while they go up to the rooms, mm-hmm. I'm going to go to the bar and start heavy drinking. Oh, oh gosh. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah. uh, so F- Phil's heavy drinking. Uh, <laughs> what, are the, what are the rest of you doing? Um, Jill's going to bed. Okay. And I'm sure Bill is also going to go to bed. Bill fell asleep on the table. Okay. They, I go they put take, Bill in his room. Yeah, that you then go to the bar. <laughs> okay. Like take, he went from man, you're beautiful to Yeah. So Bill <laughs> ends up in his room, Saul. Uh so Jill goes to bed and Phil's drinking. Yep. Saul is going to take his uh tall bourbon and sit down next to Phil after he comes back from uh actually probably when Phil comes back from from delivering his brother to bed. Uh, Saul would already be sitting there. Okay. Good afternoon, Phil. I, uh... Saul. The name is Sutsaurus. And he, like, quips and looks away for a minute and looks back at you. So, how much farther to Fallen Grove? You, Phil, you know that you guys are probably still... Um, this is the last major city along the road before you reach Fallen Grove based on the map and basically what you learned before you left. You're just a few days travel now from the northern outpost at the border of Fallen Grove. Uh, I don't... This is like the last major city. Um, within a week, we should be there, man. I'm gonna drink now and forget this last fight. Saul's gonna reach over and put his hand on top of the man's glass and just look at him for a minute. I get my axe off my back. Oh, calm yes. Let go, Saul. <laughs> you, you will get to drink your... <laughs> Your axe is broken. No, no, it's not. And I swing. No, I'm just, oh, God. <laughs> I was like, no way. Barbarian, here we go. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, it's it's not broken, Saul. Just let me do what I do, and I'll get you to fall in groove. That sounds like a wonderful plan. Uh, how'd you like that cigar? I- I'm curious. Do you see creatures like that? normally in this area uh nope that was the first for me that's why i'd like to forget and the town they reacted correctly firing from the battlements but i don't know i feel like they wanted our horses why did they want our horses do you eat horses here um i don't those freaks might but uh i mean that's their thing i guess their thing how do you mean their thing? As you're talking, uh, Galinda comes walking up to the bar and she says, Would you gentlemen like a refill on your drinks there? Yes, please. Saul removes his hand. <laughs> she takes your glasses. She fills them. She hands them back. So what brings the two of you into town uh, late at night like this? Flying reptiles. Yeah, that's what you said earlier. I've never heard anything like that. Yeah, it's... Why were they attacking you? Uh, they wanted our horses. Really? I don't... Mindlessly going for food made no sense to me. Uh, well, horses are a big deal here in Nordentown. Are they? Well, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure you're about to have a few less. Well, you know, now that you mention it, Nordentown's generally a pretty good place to live, but uh, we're, we're well-known throughout all of Manumi for our horses. I mean, we're the number one... Uh, our city is the number one place to get horses in all the land. We make the best. We breed them. We raise them. In the ranch just south of the city. The ranch south of the city. 
Hmm. Yeah, it's right up against the wall. Didn't you see it when you rode into town? Well, I guess it is pretty dark out. It's very dark out, and we're going to need horses, so we'll probably be there in the morning. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But you say that these creatures, they want your horses. Were they monsters? They they asked for your horses, or they just tried to kill them? Monsters? And he looks over at Phil. What's a monster on this plane? You know, like, scary things. Uh, That, so far, I've seen myself. But what's a monster? Take you down a, a couple levels. Because <laughs> you're about the scariest thing. Uh, well, I don't know about where you're from, but where we're from, a flying reptile sounds a lot like a monster to me. I don't know. Uh, but you say that they... Did they ask for your horses? or Ask at the point of a weapon with poison gases and magic. Oh, goodness, that sounds crazy. You know, strangely enough, we've had to increase the guard a bit here in, in the city lately. Uh, it's it's uh, it's kind of coincidental that you mention horses because you know it's not it's not unheard of for a horse here or there at the ranch to go missing or or to be picked up by a wolf or maybe even like an owl bear or something coming down from the forest northern from here. But uh, here lately, it, it's been uh, it's been it's been happening a bit more often. Horses getting picked off down at the ranch or so I've heard. Uh, they actually increased the guard. You notice that the the gate was up tonight. Yeah, we almost died because of it. Well, you know, part of that's people's a little spooked about something coming around from the forest to the north or from somewhere and and killing our horses. You know, there's probably been a dozen killed in the last month, and that's not common around here. It's not. Oh, no. No, the ranch is very well protected, and we've got some good hands. They do good work down there. Like I said, we're the number one production of horses, and our ranch, they put out and send out horses to across the land, to Barlins Pass, down to Vent Haven, all the way to Branchire, to Brightport, just anywhere in the world you can think of, just about. That's wonderful. We've got the best we'll, horses we'll there certainly are. buy a few. Most reliable. Nobody's more resilient and more reliable than our horses are. That's the Norton Town way. Listen, peasant, hold your tongue. I'm sure we'll buy plenty tomorrow. In the meantime, and he looks over at, at uh, he looks over at Phil. Phil, let's make sure your brother doesn't hear about this trouble. I'm sure he'll want to stay. Well, I'm not telling him anything. Excellent. <laughs> oh, gosh. You said the well, forest to the north. Phil, do we have to go through said forest to make it to Fallen Grove? No, it's way out of the way. That's excellent news. Uh, let's make sure Bill doesn't hear about it. And uh, maybe, do you have clerics here? Clerics of Paylor. You're talking to Galinda? Yes. Oh, well, we've got some clerics. Um, yeah, I'd say there's probably at least one that worships Paylor. We keep things pretty open here in Nordentown, you know. Just whatever god or goddess you're uh, inclined to worship is fine. But we've probably got a cleric or two for Paylor. In the temples. Excellent. You you can give me directions to the temples in the morning. In the meantime, and he looks over at Phil, do remember that we have to be able to function in the morning. And Saul stands up and takes his tall bourbon with him. Okay. Phil, I'm assuming you stay at the bar and drink for a while? Yeah. Until okay. I can't feel my toast. Then good. I go to bed. Okay. Good nightcap there, dwarf. <laughs> uh, and then, Saul, you head up to your room? Yep. All right, Saul, so you go into your room, and, uh, you know, it's pretty standard issue, a nice little room, comfy bed, little table there for you to, if you wanted to eat a meal there or, you know, study, there's a, a candle there to read by a lamp. Uh, what do you do? Do you lie down to go to sleep? Yeah, Saul is, uh, he's not super accustomed to sleeping on the natural plane, but he's getting there. So, I mean, he might even, like, get under the sheets this time. But he's the lights off. If he's in a room like that, he would never turn on a light. He would just go to bed, uh, probably with his uh, poisonous dagger there close. You drift off, and not long after falling asleep, which, you know, it's hard for you to really quantify since you're asleep. But after just a little while of sleep, you go into a sort of dream. This is something that's been happening every once in a while to you. Okay. Where you go into a sleep and, you know, you're just dreaming and everything is normal, normal as things have been here on the natural plane. And then, you know how, like, sometimes you'll wake up from a dream and then you'll go back to sleep and go into a new dream? Uh Uh-huh. It's like that. 
and uh, you go into this new dream and you find yourself in a great white expanse. Okay. One that you have been in before. Oh, hello. Very reminiscent of the Chamber of the Gods. You look around and you see some of these tall white pillars that disappear into the unseeable ceiling high above you. There is a gentleman leaning against one. He's wearing dark clothes. He's got black hair with some silvery gray peppered through it. Tall, thin figure, smile. You were accustomed to seeing a sword on his waist with a paler marked rapier, but now that sword is on your waist. Yep. Hello, Saul. Greetings, good Paylor. And he gives a slap bow. How are things, Saul? Confusing? I'd imagine that to be true. I, I feel a change. Uh, my fires are not... They burn with a new energy. And it's changed my desire. Well, Saul, uh, some people might consider that just growing as a person. (laughs) Uh, I don't know exactly if I agree with that. But I won't deny, Saul, that my power in you is certainly going to have an effect. I told you it would be different. Things would be different. You would be different. And I can see that you're trying. Yeah. Yes, yes, trying. I am trying. That's that's a good phrase for it. Uh, tell me, perhaps you can help uh, the creatures, the, the, the black things, the darkness, the... What are they? The reptilians. What reptilians? The reptilians. The ones that attacked us today. He stops for a second. He gets this sort of confused look on his face, which is weird, because you're not used to seeing that. Nope. He says, I... I don't understand, Saul. You were attacked. Yes. I was poisoned at one point. I almost fell. He walks over to you as you're talking. Had it not been for your power, I would have been overtaken by the poison. Saul, I... Something's not right, Saul. I can sense the pain that you felt. I can sense your fear at the suffering of your new friends. But... That is all. He reaches his hand up to your head. And he kind of cups the side of your face a little bit. Mm -hmm. And he just has this concerned look. Saul, I can't see it. I can't see them. You can't see them? Saul, like, wickedly smiles. What new devilry is this? You remember what I said about Braxton. You remember what I said about Dimvarga, the Black, the Dracon Kelly, how that she was working and we couldn't see it? Yes. And you remember what I said about the heart of the Crooked Father? I do. I smell it. His power. I can't see it, Saul. I don't know what those things were, but you say they were reptilian. Be wary, Saul. I shall. I intended to evade them, but perhaps I shall seek out their source before I continue on to Fallen Grove. You say that you encountered them on the road? Yes. Be careful. I'll see what I can discern. Don't lose heart, Saul. Keep trying. <laughs> and with with that, he's gone. And your dream shifts into other things. Just normal things. Yeah, the hells or, you know, fighting Braxton or <laughs> yeah. arm wrestling Kjorg. Yeah, sitting, talking with Misk. Probably a lot of that. And that, I think, is where we're going to end this episode. Very nice. Well, you all survived. Barely. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> By one. Uh, but we'll have to find out what's going to happen during your little jaunt in Norden Town next week. For now, we bid you adieu. Thank you for listening. 
We love you. We love you. Bye. Love you. See you next Monday. We, we, I, lo- okay. I love you. Bye. Goodbye. So Paul can totally cut this out, but Abby, the first time my sister played, she was she lost both of her feet. That's true. Wow. She was defeated. So you're doing you're doing pretty defeated. well as far as NBH goes. She was she defeated. Was defeated. Yeah. That was that's beautiful. Yeah. Cody yeah, that without, wasn't me, that was his cousin. Yes. Yeah. Cody without missing a beat. Both of her feet are gone, blood spurting everywhere. Cody goes, Wait, you mean to say she's been defeated? Oh my god. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and it was like midnight. We were already, it might even been later than that. We were pretty slap happy and we all just almost vomited in laughter for uh, like 10 yeah. minutes. Poor Hannah. It was it awesome. Was, it was hilarious. She had a good, she had a good time though. She lost both of her feet. She got defeated. It's ridiculous. Wow.